Last time, on Taverns and Caverns Side Stories. We found ourselves pushing through the dangerous Elowin ruins. We had hoped to pass through the ruins without any trouble. However, as you know, nothing is ever easy. We were intercepted by a horrifying creature known as a Roper. I've never heard of such a thing, but it was a monster that hid itself within the rocks of the ruins. It was a fight to the death and one that gave us much trouble, but we were able to defeat it without any losses, thankfully. We now find ourselves leaving the ruins and crossing the dangerous lands near the Atoni hunting grounds. What dangers awaits us next? Side Stories Episode 14 Sorceress of Aloria, Part 6 Welcome back to another episode of Taverns and Caverns Side Stories, everyone. This is your Dungeon Master Haphazard DM, and we are coming back from our long journey through the Elowin Ruins with the NPC Eska and her group of soldiers, warriors, rogues, and warlocks. Last time they killed a roper, almost dying. Yalar, I'm looking at you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> However, yeah, it was a close call. Yeah, Kai was oh. very close too. If I remember, Kai was down to three HP. Oh, bother. Yeah, I got taken out by a, a drop to the ground. Oh, that's right. That's right. You did. I tried to catch him. I tried to catch that's him. That's right. So, yeah, we had an exciting battle last time. So, if we all remember, the party was able to escape the Elowin ruins and they find themselves now traversing the grasslands of the Atoni hunting grounds, which is an area that is located in the region known as the Kurumo Plains. And here at the Atoni hunting grounds, the party knows for the most, well, most of the party will know this, is that it is a place where many warriors from all tribes, from in cities, from around Tierster will go to hunt down some of the most powerful beasts that anyone's has seen in this continent. So the Atoni hunting grounds is definitely a dangerous place. The party has decided that they will be traveling along the border of the Darkfin Marshes and the Krumo Plains, trying to stay out of the Atoni hunting grounds as much as possible. And I know I didn't really mention it too much last time, but the Atoni hunting grounds definitely is the home for several large beasts, dinosaurs, land sharks known as bullets, uh, purple worms, and any giant beast and or monstrosity that you can think of. So it is definitely a dangerous place. And only those that are either, I don't know if you want to call them brave, crazy, or both. It's <laughs> a place where those type of folk will come and test their strength against these beasts. A lot of people coming here potentially wanting to bring home a trophy to prove their strength to whoever. And many of the villages and the chieftains of Brakana will send their warriors to the Itoni hunting grounds as a method to prove themselves to become the next war chief at some points other than the other than them going to the arena of champions this is another place where they might send their future war chiefs to do battle with dangerous beasts but anyways the party you were able to find yourselves having a long night's rest after you escape the Elowin ruins we'll just say a couple of hours go by after you leave the ruins. You're on foot. You're in this in the the utmost border of the Atoni hunting grounds. You're along the forest leading into the hunting grounds, and you're doing your best to stay out of the open there. And, and just imagine there's a lot of trees on the map. I know there's no trees on the map. I was lazy, so I just put a random grassy map. So just imagine there's trees all around. You're good. You. <laughs> <laughs> so 
there's not a there's not a really a major path either so 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 just ignore that path you see on the map it's just a field of grass and trees kind of along the outskirts of the plains going into this forest but it is we'll say it's about early afternoon the next day after you've had your long rest you all have healed up you all have your spells back the party has not come across any dangers at this point and, and during your travel on foot you have noticed many creatures already after stepping out of the ruins. You've noticed from small, tiny creatures up to large creatures, from, from dinosaurs to even just, just random cute critters. <laughs> but as the party has continued their travels, uh, Eska is kind of looking around. And here in Tirister, the Krumo Plains is probably the only area that is home to dinosaurs. Dinosaurs aren't very common per se in all of Tirshire, except for the Kuruma Plains. If you were to see a dinosaur in any other region of the continent, it's because a group of people or someone had captured one or a couple and have brought them back to their homelands. Most people avoid that. Dinosaurs are, are, are fairly dangerous creatures. So many do their best to avoid such things we'll go ahead and say you guys are on foot eska's looking around and as she's walking with the party she kind of just mentions that the creatures here in tirister that she has seen so far just alone in the elven nation of estelle Duin, the darkfin marshes and now in the Krumo plains here in tirister you have many different types of animals that i am not i am not used to i've never seen such creatures these these giant lizards, you, you call them dinosaurs or, or, or whatever, they are very close to some lizard-like beings as like a dragon from back where I'm from. I've never seen something like this. Probably the closest I've seen to something such as some of these dinosaurs that's, that we've walked by are possibly a basilisk, but we all know basilisks are, are far different than these beasts. Is this, is this a very common creature here in your home? I would say Eckerd is the most, he's uh, probably the most knowledgeable of everything. Well, <laughs> uh, I, I've not seen one as of recent, um, but it has been some time. These, these beasts, are they, are they used possibly for, for, any, for any work, you know, like, like horses and whatnot? I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like some of these beasts might be useful in in farm work or even just, you know, anything else. You know, Eska, uh, have you ever heard of the term of your eyes being bigger than your stomach? I believe I have. Uh, This is a good example of an overreach. Uh, These beings are wild and they're intended to be wild. I would do my best just to avoid them. They are living their best life and I want to let them continue to do so. Well, that makes sense. I mean, if they're wild creatures, you don't want to mess with them. They all seem like they could possibly do harm. They're all larger than than any of us from what I've seen so far. Oh, yes. And we'll just say, as you guys have been traveling, you've walked by a couple of the more tame dinosaurs, a lot of the uh, less predatory ones, uh, many of the leaf eaters and vegetarians. None of them have shown any hostility towards you. Eska, she's, she's going to change the subject and she's just going to, she seems a bit on edge and she just, she's just going to make a comment about, you know, we haven't seen any of the, the Coldarian soldiers in quite some time. This is kind of worrisome. I, I make sure to keep our guard up. 
They're not known to leave their prey alone for very long. The fact we haven't seen one in very many days is kind I'm of. I'm sorry, Eska, but uh, you shouldn't bring them up because usually if you talk about them, they usually show up. I just figure that uh, less we talk about them, less likely to uh, see them. Maybe they found the body of that uh, that creature on the ceiling as they were trying to catch up with us, and they, they I realized... think even the dragons and the dinosaurs and everything else has taste at the bare minimum, Sam. That thing smelled like hells. Yeah, maybe it was like a good, a good, a oh, good warning of not to to follow any further. Well, if so and so dinosaurs are as dangerous as you say, perhaps we are safer here. As we're traveling near the Atoni hunting grounds, if these beasts are as wild as and powerful as they are, perhaps they can be allies in certain situations. I'm sure the Koldarian soldiers would have a hard time fighting some of these beasts here in the Atoni hunting ground. You say it is a place where the powerful come to test their skills. So I'm sure that many of these soldiers would uh, find it difficult to get by some of these beasts, at least I would assume. In my experience going from the Strider Valley to Estelle de Wynne, I always try to avoid this area because I, I know that traveling this path is not for the lighthearted. Mm. Well, I praise the gods from back home that we have not come across anything too dangerous. Now, that beast back at the ruins, that was something else. I don't wish to see anything like that ever again. Speaking of Agreed. which, Yalar, how is your leg? Mm. At this oh, point, I, I would say Eckert's probably been giving you some treatments as we go, so it's got to be pretty close to being good. Yeah, I'll say it's back. Yeah, back normal. Oh, I'd like to thank you again for uh, all your help. And how about your head, Kai? Seeing you fall from the ceiling like that, that didn't look very fun. Tried to catch him. <laughs> I would say a slight headache. Headache, nothing more. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> it's only a flesh wound. <laughs> I'm hopping around with no limbs. <laughs> all right. So as you continue walking, you all, I need you all to make me some perception checks, please. Already. Oh, Already. Let's do it. Yep. I see whatever you need me to see. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's supposed to have good eyes does not see shit. Well, it's not, <laughs> it's not only your eyes. It's also your hearing and your sense of smell. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Speaking of which. So Kai wow. with an 8, Eckerd with a 21. There we go. Uh, Yalar with a 17. And uh, <laughs> Sam with a 2. Uh, Luna with a 24. So Luna, Yalar, and Eckert, they definitely hear this. Sam and Kai, you're a bit busy talking amongst each other or something. You, you, you don't hear this. It's far off in the distance, so it's very difficult to hear. But everyone else rolled really high, really well. So they can hear a faint kind of rumbling sound, something like a maybe like a bulldozer of some kind, some heavy movement rushing towards the party's way. And after a few seconds go by, those that can hear this, this rumbling or this movement, you all begin to feel it and hear it slowly getting closer and closer to you all. And it's coming from the east, from where you guys were all walking. What 
do you do? Sam and Kai are currently oblivious to this at current time. About to be like Chris Pratt. <laughs> Run from the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eckerd, you wrote a 24-inch survival. What, what are you doing? Eckerd puts his hand on the ground. He has a good idea of what this is because he's had to kind of sh- skirt this area in the past. Makes sense. He's been he kind before. Of, he reaches out to everybody. Shh, stop moving. Stop talking. I think there might be land sharks near here. And with that, Eckert is going to cast a spell. He's going to put silence over top of us. He's going to focus it on Eska, 20 foot all around her. And with that, you see Eckert, he grabs, uh, is this stone literal here? Yeah, we'll just say it's stone. Yeah, we'll say there's some stone. There's some stones. There's enough stones that you'd be able to just pick up or grab. He He takes the stone up off of the ground. He knows he's still in silence, so it should be deadpan silence in there. And he just goes, he, he's, no one can talk. You can't hear anything. He just looks around and he does, he puts his finger up to his mouth and then he points at the stone and he hucks it as hard as he can, as far away from us as possible. Um, he's going to go ahead and roll on athletics for that. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh my 25. God. <laughs> 25. Nice. So he winged that bitch far as fuck. All right. So you throw this rock as far as possible with your arm. And as you fling it, you just throw it like ahead of you to the like straight ahead of you. Or do you throw it to the side? What do you do? I'd say from our trajectory where we're at right now, he would probably aim to get it at least this far away. Okay. I feel like he could throw 65 feet. He's (laughs) old, but he's strong. Okay. With a 25 athletics. Hell yeah. (laughs) that's only like 20 yards yeah it's not that bad right yeah it's a stone it's, it's I, football you know, there you go i like it i got a good spiral <laughs> <laughs> so eckert's able to toss the stone rock and as eckert tosses it the rock hits the grassy field and as it does it makes a couple of rolls before it comes to a complete stop and in the field of silence, everyone, what, what are you doing? Are you kind of like kneeling down, looking around? What, what's everyone doing after Eckert has casted the silence? Remember, because you're in this bubble of silence, you cannot hear anything. And whatever movement you make, it's going to be quiet. So is everyone kind of just kneeling down, looking around? Or, or is I, anyone trying to do anything specific? Would there be a, anything bad against me trying to do a stealth check? No, not nothing necessarily. You're really literally silent. Okay. You can't yeah. make a sound. Yeah. Okay. So I can't uh, make it sound, even if I roll low low stealth. It doesn't matter. Okay, I would like to try to... Yeah, you could scream at the top of your lungs and nothing would happen. I'd like to so, take the first one, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, with, with you doing a stealth check in a, in a bubble of silence, you can't make any sound. So what you're now attempting to do is basically stealth from sight. Sam, you're able to slowly brush yourself up against a nearby tree that's near the party. And you find yourself back against the tree and you're looking around the tree trying to position yourself in a way that if anything was coming it would have a difficult time spotting you let alone hearing you because of the silence you're basically perfectly stealth at this point in time nothing cool. would see you at this point from from what you can imagine big as hell bitches yeah so as that stone rolls against the ground after eckert chucks it and sam does his little stealth check there a couple of seconds go by and you, you aren't able to hear it at this point due to the silencing field. But in the distance to your north, 
towards the direction that Eckerd tossed the rock. You can see movement rushing past the party. It is a large, like, creature of some kind underneath the ground, pushing itself, forcing itself further and further through the ground. And you see this mound-like shape just move up along the exterior of the ground as it keeps moving. And as you do so, where that rock lay, all of a sudden, a creature bursts from beneath the ground, roaring as it jumps up, showing its full body. And as it does, what I need you all to make me another perception check. I'm going to say it's it's right here where the rock is. Oh, God. We're fighting tremors. Not my best. All right. Eckerd with a six. Kyle with a 12. Ooh. Yalar with a <laughs> six. Luna with an eight. Okay. So the highest right now is Kai with a 12. And as this happens, uh, everyone, you see this creature burst from the ground. Even with the low scores, I'll say you notice what it is. Eckerd, Kai, I would say right away, even, even Sam, you would know what this creature is. They're fairly common in Tierster. But what Eckerd said earlier about a land shark is absolutely correct. You see this land shark burst from the ground. And as it bursts from the ground, the only person that can see this would be Kai with his perception of 12. You notice on the creature's body, this land shark known as a bullet, it has blood marks and smears all over parts of its body. And you can see that it is bleeding out from its side. And it is, it's basically growling out in a bit of pain. You, you can tell it's been injured. And as it bursts from the ground, it kind of just wobbles a bit and it bites down at the rock that Eckerd had tossed and it kind of just shakes its head menacingly. And as it does, so it drops to the ground, breathing heavily, panting. Kai, you're the only one that can tell it's hurt, though. And as it does, so it doesn't seem to, to dig its way underground any longer. You all know that for it to stay burrowed, it takes a lot of its sheer strength to be able to push through the dirt. So with it being injured, Kai, you can tell it's kind of trying to take a rest here with it being injured. What, what is the party doing at this point? It doesn't notice you're there. Kai is going to move right here next to uh, Eckhart and Eska, and I'm going to take out something to write with and write all that information down for them to read. Okay, so you, you hand out your quick notes over to Eckhart. He'd be the closest one to you. Uh, as you hand it to Eckerd, Eckerd, you're able to read his notes fairly easily, but you get the exact description of what Kai can see. He can, he can tell that it's an injured creature, and it seems to be resting above ground right now. So Eckerd, at that point, he's going to kind of walk towards, because uh, literally the limit of this is like right here, because he put it on Eska. Right. So from Eska, it's like right here is where the barrier ends. He just takes that five-foot step, and he looks at... Kai, Eska, Yalar, anybody who he can see right now. And he just gives you the come kind of uh, approach, like come here and then we try and circumnavigate this if possible. Trying to use the tree line to kind of yep. keep, yeah, keep trying some to coverage. Stay hidden. So as soon this... as we exit this though, it's, it's, we're yes. all the way so, loud again. All right. So at this point, we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and do a turn order. One second. Ooh. Oh. Eckerd has the initiative. Oh God. Well, we have Eska's got an 18. We have Eska, Eckerd, and then question mark, Kai, Yalar, and what did Sam get? 
He got a seven. I'll, I'll, I'll end up going last. Okay. And Sam with a seven. Eska takes the lead. She looks at the party and she just nods to Eckerd after you start to point in one direction. And she's going to silence you. I'm, everyone's going to have to make a stealth check on their turn. Uh, Eska, let's go ahead and make one for her as Eska tries to stealth around. Uh, I have a roll it. Okay, she gets a 15, and she's she's able to make her way outside of the silencing bubble. And as she does so, she carefully hides behind many of the trees that's blocking the path from the land shark's vision. And she's doing her best to stay silent as well as invisible from this creature. Uh, and she's able to move quite a bit of a distance. Eckerd, it is now your turn. Eckerd's going to hold his action because it makes sense... Eckerd's thinking to himself, he's kind of motioning to everybody to kind of follow Eska's move. Um, and then he's kind of looking at everyone else. He just, he's trying to give them as much confidence with that. And he just takes his uh, halberd at that point and pokes it into the ground and trying to give them the idea that he's going to stay there let them get up ahead because he, he knows he's loud as fuck. So in this case, then we'll go and skip the question mark just because it's unaware you're there. Sam, you have the next go. Um, I want to follow the same path that um, Eska is going. I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm still stealth. Should I? Should I make another stealth check? Yes, you have to make another one because you're leaving the safety of that silence bubble. So you have the opportunity to actually make a sound now. Oh gosh. Twenty-one. So Sam, you're able to slowly sneak your way around some of the trees. You find yourself ten feet from Eska, and the land shark does not recognize any sound does not see you uh, do you do anything else or you just make your movement there i want to just kind of stay stay where i am okay kai you have the next go if you leave the bubble of or the bubble bubble of silence <laughs> then you would have to make a stealth check since that's where the bubble is i'll just uh, i'll move here just to the edge of the bubble and luna will move next to me behind sam all right yalar what are you doing I am going to go ahead and head next to Eska. Good luck. All right. So go ahead and make your move. Move your character where you want to move them. And then Eckerd, you said you're going to move Eckerd last. Yep. Here we go. I make stealth checks with a disadvantage team. If I fail my stealth, I'm not moving near y'all. I'm going in opposite directions. <laughs> oh. I got it too. Oh, All right. Oh, so Eckerd is going this way. All right. <laughs> He is now out of the bubble, and he, at this point, now that he's out, he just goes, All right, come on, here, Landshark, I'm right here. All right, so as Eckert stumbles oh, a bit and his armor geez. just shakes, and he just makes all this loud movement due to his heavy armor and his shield, he finds himself, as he moves out of the bubble, the Landshark quickly turns its gaze over at him, which signals to Eckert that he's already failed his attempt at stealthing, which he is now shouting at the creature. The land shark Eckerd begins to snarl and growl at you as it does so. And as it does this, I want you all to make me perception checks. Nat 20. Dude, I'm rolling fucking fire. Okay. Dude, all right. Fucking God. I'm, I'm rolling cheeks, dude. Bad, bad, bad. All right. Sam with a two. Yalar with a 21. Ooh. Eckerd with a nat 20 with a total of 24. And Luna with a 13. Yalar, Eckerd, and Luna... They all hear something else moving quickly in the distance, coming towards 
your huh. area. <laughs> you, no one else hears this but the three of them. Luna hears it, Yalar, and Eckerd. You don't know what it is, but you do hear like another loud moving movement coming your way. That land shark is growling, and it is staring at Eckerd. It looks like it's ready to attack. It's on the defense. It is hurt, and it has does not have much strength left to continue burrowing and digging through the ground. So it's going to do a last stand here up against the party. So as it's growling at you, Eskel looks over and sees the land shark. Now knows that the party is there, but it's focused on Eckert. Eska is going to make a couple movements further away from the party. And she is actually going to hold her action. She wants to see exactly what Eckert is going to do before she attempts to, to even attack it. Because she's not sure what the land shark is doing just yet. But you all know it's injured. Thanks to Eckerd and Kai's note that Eckerd read. So keep that in mind. So she's going to hold her action for now. She makes her movement. Eckerd, what are you doing at this point? You know, it's it's staring you down. So I think. And keep in mind, you did hear some sound coming closer to you. That was not the land shark. Yep. I think at this particular point in time, he is going to summon his spiritual weapon. That's a bonus action for him. And he'll have his spiritual weapon out, which I'll draw again. <laughs> Last time you drew, drew like a half chub first. So <laughs> you got to up that one. And then uh, with that, he'll use his action to just go and put himself into a dodge stance. He is right. kind of setting his halberd for a charge, but I mean, he's expecting to get charged. He's trying to draw as much attention to himself as possible. All right. It's the land shark's turn. It just growls and hisses at you, Eckert, and it's going to make a movement towards you the land shark is on the defense so it does not want anything to do with you guys because it's it's hurt so it's pissed and it wants to protect itself so it's going to do a skill that it has called standing leap it gets a jump of at least 30 feet and it's as high as a 15 foot or a 15 foot jump so without a running start so with or without a running start so it's actually gonna get a running start come on you big old beastie i'm right here so the land shark you see it just roars out and it begins to charge at Eckert. And Eckert, as it charges, you see this beast jump into the air so swiftly. And as it lands in front of you, you can see the ground beneath it crumble as dirt is, and rocks are flung to the side of it. And as it comes crashing towards you with it being a large creature, it's about five, uh, 10 feet from you. But because of this, it's able to reach you because if it's a large creature. Actually, no, it can't reach you just yet. It can almost reach you, and its jaws are within 10 feet from you as it snaps down at you, growling and baring its fangs and its giant mouth, and it just roars in, you, in your face. And as you see this giant bullet standing in front of you, you see more of its wounds on its side, but uh, it's not able to reach you completely. It has to be within five feet to bite at you. Sam, it is now your turn. You see this overgrown land shark do this crazy jump through the air, landing gracefully into the ground, and it's about to bite Eckerd. What are you doing? You did not hear the sound from afar either, so keep that in mind. So with me being stealth right now, I have an advantage, right? Yes. But I don't have the advantage for the sneak attack because Eckerd is more than five feet away from him, correct? You no. still have a sneak no attack. Sneak attack. You, well, he, you're technically stealth. It doesn't know you're there. So you would, if you like shot a crossbow or something, okay, you would have the advantage because it doesn't know you're there. Okay. But once you attack it, 
it knows I'm there. It's gonna you're you're basically not stealth any longer. I can move 30 feet. I wanna swing. Yeah, I'm gonna swing my rapier at it. All right. So with this case, Sam, you quickly rush towards this large beast that's about to chomp down on Eckerd. And because you were still stealth, it does not necessarily know you're there. And with Eckerd yelling at it, Eckerd was the only one that it really paid attention to. So you you have an advantage. You pull to 23 with your rapier. You're able to pierce the side of the land shark. You can see one of its markings of its injuries from the from its markings on the side with the blood gushing out. You I'm assuming that's where you aim, wanting to do even more damage. So go ahead and do your damage. You're able to hit with a 23 and you'll get your sneak attack damage. It now knows you're there though. So you're no longer stealth. Okay. So so you have six piercing damage with your rapier and then you do your 3d6 sneak attack damage. Nice. Nice. With uh, 12 damage from sneak attack. And as you do so, this creature, it howls out as you're able to dig your rapier deeper into one of its already uh, fresh wounds. And it looks over at its side at you, surprised that you're even there. Now, am I able to do, because of the fact that I have an advantage, can't I do a dagger? Or not, what is it called? Uh, I have a... You're going to do a bonus action? Yeah, your bonus bonus action to attack with a dagger? Yes, you may. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Oof. Ooh, okay. 18 will hit. Okay. For an additional six piercing damage. At the end of that, I want to use my cunning action to and see if this works. So I have a plus one as well to that because my cloak. Okay, is your cunning action a bonus action? Uh, yeah, it's yes, the, it is. He wouldn't be able to do. Yeah, it. You wouldn't be able to do it then because you use your bonus oh, action. Sh- yeah, you use your bonus action to do your second attack. Okay, never yeah. mind then. Yeah, damn it! I so, thought I was gonna be like, shink, 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 shink. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yeah. It's a, if it required, you only get one bonus action, one action. So yeah, so you won't be able to stealth, but you're able to stab it with your dagger for two points of extra damage, and it's in pain. It growls at you, Sam. At this point, Kai, you see Sam rushes forward to help Eckerd. What are you doing? Eckerd uh, at this point just goes, Sam, what are you doing here? Couldn't leave you alone, buddy. Oh no. There's something else. I still have a debt to pay to you, my friend. Oh, God. That's a thing. Hey, Sam really takes his, uh, his like, personal business transactions serious, man. I'm finding out. Uh, I'm going to move there. <laughs> and first, I'm going to cast Ensnaring Strike. Ooh. Okay, as a bonus action. And then I'm going to shoot my long way. Should I put ensnaring shape? All right, so the next time you hit a creature with a weapon attack before the spell ends, a wreathing mass of irony vines appears at the point of impact, and the target must succeed on a strength saving throw or be restrained by magical vines. All right. Now I'm going to shoot my bow at him. I'll give you a, the advantage because you're still hidden. It does not know you're there. Uh, with a 16, however, you're not able to barely hit, Wait. barely miss. It's it's so know. it's so close. It's so close. <laughs> eh, then I'm just gonna shoot a standard arrow again to see if All I right. hit him this time. All right. All right. The uh the 26 will hit because you still have advantage. The the 26 as you shoot your arrow, uh it pierces it for three damage. So I have to make a saving throw. Uh I rolled a 19, so it's it's totally fine. Uh I figured the ensnaring strike would only be on the first arrow. Now, let's see here. The next time you hit a creature with a weapon attack. Uh, yes. So Yeah, it's a spell that's over top of you in yeah. the meantime. Uh, the vines magically still appear, but as it tries to restrain the creature, the bullets or the land shark, it just shakes off the magical vines 
and it's still too strong for the magical vines to hold it down. But nice try, though. You still pierced it for three damage. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> <laughs> and what is Luna doing? Luna's just going to uh, move next to Eska right there. All right. Gotcha. Yalar, what are you doing? Where is everyone going? I was going to tell them about there's something else out there. Bog, I need your help on this one. So with that, he is going to summon a shadow spawn. Okay. And with that, I summon a shadowy spirit. It manifests uh, in an unoccupied space. It's got its own stats and everything. Does it have a uh, bog as well? So it, what it looks, it's going to look like a, another turtle, but it's much smaller, like kind of a shadow, like kind of all dark all right. and whatnot. So your shadow gonna, spawn, I created a copy of your your okay. token with a different three colored bubbles on it. That's your shadow spawn. So you can place okay. it Okay, and then you will have uh, 35 hit points for that. All right, so you'll have to keep track of that. Okay. So your shadow spawn comes into place. It's one action to do that. And remember, it's a duration up of a concentration up to one hour. So if you get hit, you potentially could lose concentration, which would basically destroy the spell uh, effect from taking place. But the shadow spawn comes into the plane next to you. Uh, do you do anything else? No. No. All not. right. All right. Cool. That it is now Eska's turn. Eska is going to use this moment to quickly fire off two fire bolts towards this this uh, land shark. Now that everyone's attacking it, she's just like, well, might as well do this. Might as well follow through. And she is going to shoot two out. One will hit. And one deals 16 fire damage to the land shark. Edgar, you see this fire bolt strike the back of the land shark and it just howls in pain and it's just shaking its body from all the pain it's received from all these attacks plus its prior injury but it's now your turn Eckert it is hurt and it's just staring you down but you know something else is on its way Eckert just looks over at Sam what I do next I need you to make sure that you're getting back to the rest of the group it could be bad Sam uh, with that, he just kind of uh, uses his bonus action to attack with the sword. Okay. So your sword goes up to it. And he is going to use that spiritual weapon attack. Uh, we only got an 11, though. I don't think we're hitting it. No. Do, uh, do I have it flanked, though? You technically? technically have it flanked, but even with the 16, it wouldn't hit. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, then with that, he, at this point throw uh, is going to make he's going to move around he'll probably uh evoke an attack of opportunity but he needs to get within five feet of sam okay so the creature swing or tries to take a bite out of Eckert as you walk by and i rolled a 21 total yep that okay so let me do the damage Eckert, you're gonna take oof uh let's see here the bite damage one moment let me roll this this is a lot of die uh, Wasn't he in a defensive state or stance? Uh, it doesn't matter. I moved. Oh, okay. All right. So Eckert is going to be taking 28 points of damage. Oof. It's a lot. Yes. Uh, Eckert at that point is going to cast a spell. He is going to cast Warding Bond on Sam. So with that, it's an action. It's good for an hour. This spell wards a willing creature you touch and creates a mystic connection between you and the target. 
While the target is within 60 feet of you, that you will now gain a plus one bonus to your AC and all of your saving throws, and you have resistance to all types of damage. Also, each time you take damage, you take the same amount. Uh, I have to take the same amount of damage as you, and the spell ends if I drop down to zero hit points or if you drop down to zero hit points. With that, he has used his bonus action, his move action, and his normal action. He just goes, best to be moving, Sam. I feel like I'm getting a little British with my accent. Hold on, let me get my uh, best to be moving, Sam. We need to go. So at this point in time, Sam, you see Eckert. He just takes a giant chunk of damage after the land shark bites into his side. You see it draw some blood from Eckert. And the land shark, it quickly turns facing both Sam and Eckert and stares you down. But as it rears its head, to try and attempt another bite at either one of you. The two of you see something in the back through or behind the trees moving quickly towards the party. You see the trees being pushed to the side. And as whatever is coming towards you finally reveals itself, it rushes past the trees into the field that you're all in. And what you see is not a large creature like the land shark. It is much much bigger what you see burst from the trees is a huge beast one size category larger than this land shark and what bursts from these trees is a large tyrannosaurus rex and it comes back and it bites down into the back of this land shark and as it does (laughs) the land shark it howls out as the uh, the t-rex begins to hold it up and it lifts the land shark and it shakes its head like a rabid dog. And as it does so, it throws the land shark up into the air and it bites down into it, almost tearing this beast in half. And as it does so, you can see that this land shark is almost instantly killed. And as it's shaking in its mouth with the blood gushing from it, it's looking down at the rest of you. But that's its action. Sam, you can see that this t-rex is chomping down on this land shark but it now sees the party and it just snarls out at you so sam looks at uh eckard and yeah (laughs) 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 um so Sam looks at Eckerd and says, well, what should I do now? Should I run or should I stand and fight with you? You run! <laughs> so at this point, uh, Sam just yells, oh, shit, and moves here. All right. That's my move. Remember, you, you can make a, you can use your, your action to do a dash, which would be double your movement if you want to do that, if you're not attacking. You can so. also do a bonus action to do the same thing, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So what you're saying, hold on, is I can do a, two actions that move me 60 feet. <laughs> so what you're saying is I could basically from, I was about here, You right? could choose to dash. You can't dash twice. Yeah, you just dash. You can once. you can move, or you if or you can use your bonus action to change your movement to a dash. Yeah. So what you're saying? Which would you be get, double your move speed. Yeah. So, so you just I can get go one from dash. 30, 30 to sixty. Correct. Okay, on a dash. Correct. And then sixty added on a third. So I can move ninety feet right now if I wanted to. You can move real fast. So I, dude, if I move ninety feet, I'm going to be out of the square. <laughs> 
<laughs> is that and a successful the retreat? The party. He's gone. He gave up the mission. <laughs> can everybody else do that, or is that just a thing that I can do? That's something that you can do. Oh fuck! I can't. I can't. No, I can't do that. I'll just use. I'll just move. <sighs> Let me just move here. Uh, well, I don't want to hide. I'm gonna move and get or gather, regather myself. And then what I will do is I will do a self stealth check plus one fifteen. All right. So okay. So Sam, find yourself running as fast as you can towards Eska and Luna. T Rex, it's not able to do anything at this point. It's I'm yelling, "Oh shit!" And run, <laughs> Kai. What What are you doing? It's now your turn. I'm gonna equip Trank arrows. So um. <laughs> Get us a T Rex. Oh shit! <laughs> He's been playing, He's playing so much a lot work. of Ark Survival. <laughs> <laughs> I want to cast my Spike Growth. There you okay. go. Nice. I'm going to put it literally like at the top, right at the back end of the uh, the T Rex. That way, it uh, doesn't get eckered. I appreciate that, friend. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna go so you, you, oh you, <laughs> my pointer ryan i just want you to imagine bmk yeah. wiping his forehead right now <laughs> okay it's gonna go like right right here okay so uh how how uh you have 20 foot radius yeah. on that thing okay yeah gotcha okay so uh, kai casts spike growth and as you do the ground beneath the t-rex in a 20 foot radius bursts out with this plant-like thorns and spikes as it attempts to make the terrain difficult for the t-rex to get through which slows it down if it makes any movements it also takes some damage so kai you're able to do that as your action but you can still move what are you doing are you retreating after you cast this or you what i'm gonna hold my ground right here all right so the the terrain is now considered difficult terrain for the t-rex yalar what are you doing this is why we gotta stick together. Oh God, hate to ask you this, but we have to take one for the team. We just go get him. <laughs> so he's gonna try to. Uh, he's gonna have his shadow spawn run up. Yeah, right next to Eckert, and then I will. Can I move and hold an action? Yeah. Okay. He, does um, he look like you, Yular? Uh, he looks like a turtle, like similar to me not just a little different but he not like, like monstrous right no he's okay he looks like probably, he yeah yeah that would so be he, good he just has a different bandana on right so he's a ninja turtle with like he's got the red one on you got purple on got he's like a teenage. something like that guess i'll hold and if he crosses that barrier out have him attack. All right, it is now Eska's turn. Uh, at this point, Eska is glaring at this massive Tyrannosaurus Rex. She's never seen a lizard or a creature like this before, other than possibly a dragon. And she is going to say, okay, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. And she's not going to attempt to fight it by any means, but she is going to cast a spell. Actually, never mind. She's not going to cast that. She is just going to make a, a movement to get out of here as fast as possible. And she's going to make her way further south, going through some of the tree line next to her. And as she's doing so, she's kind of like beckoning everyone to follow her, to try and get out of here. So Eckert, it is now your turn before this T-Rex gets an opportunity to do anything. Okay. So Eckert at this point is going to use his action to cast Guiding Bolt at second level. I'm never going to hit with this spell ever again, am I? (laughs) 
<laughs> no. Not with a nine. I'm going to action surge. <laughs> oh, okay. That hit, hit. That one. Okay. All right. So instead of, I, I'm not going to click the guiding bolt damage because it doesn't allow me to cast it at second level for some reason, but I can. So I'm going to cast, it hits for 5d6. So Eckerd, you shoot out this guiding bolt from your hand for 21 radiant damage. Where, as you strike the T-Rex, it just roars out. And with that, Eckert, just Eckert, is going to move 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. He's going to move over here, and he's going to tell everyone, attack him. He should be easier to hit. Uh, he is technically uh, encircled with a mystical dim light that gives uh, the next attack made against it with advantage. All right. So only one attack, though. Just the next attack. Yes, only one attack for the next hit. Okay. And... Uh, with that, his bonus action, he's going to go ahead and do second wind. Damn it. Sam just throws All his right. hands up in the air and says, you told me to fucking run. <laughs> <laughs> I figure if we're running, we can at least hit it decently hard. All right. So you cast your second wind to heal some of your HP back. Yep. Uh, so I'll is... get eight hit points back in total. And with that, he is all moved. That's yeah. everything he's got. He's leaving his uh, weapon. his weapon out there because the weapon may be used to attack if necessary. All right. The T-Rex now growling out in pain. It just, as it bites more into the land shark, it shakes its head and it tosses the land shark to the side. And you see the land shark hit the ground, skidding up against the trees. And it notices the spiked growth all around it. And it's going to try and step out as it charges towards the party in anger. God so damn. what's the damage of your spiked growth, my friend? Oh, it's nasty. It's 2d4 for every five feet the creature moves. So, All right. so it's going 5, 10. It, it would still be in the spiked growth for quite a bit. At least so, 20. Uh, yeah, so uh, so four, four attempts of damage there, or four damage rolls. Oh, it's just flat. So yeah. you would roll a total of oh. 8d4 damage. So roll 8d4 for me, Kai. As the T-Rex, yes, as the T-Rex charges, it stomps up against the spike growth as it pierces the T-Rex's feet for a total of 15 damage. It does lose some movement. Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking up right now. I want to see what's, okay, it has this 50 speed. So what's the movement loss on that? So since he moved out the spike growth about that. You'll get attack of opportunity. You'll get an attack of opportunity if you want to attack. Okay. But let me, let me. Make sure I'm moving this uh, okay. correctly. Terrain. So, okay. So it's just considered difficult terrain. So it's basically be half its moving. So it's able to get out barely, but let's just say it gets right past where Yalar and the spiritual weapon are right past them. Then Yalar's shadow, whatever, yeah, will be able to make an attack of opportunity. Okay. You have advantage. Okay. So I'll just use like a chilling rend weapon attack, your spell attack modifier to hit. So basically roll d20 plus your spell attack modifier. If it hits, you roll 1d12 plus 3 plus okay, spell so level plus 6. Damage. So that would be 16. All right, 16. Remember, you roll with advantage even still. Oh, you that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so you'll have 16. <laughs> the 16 will hit the T-Rex. Okay. And that would be 1d12 plus 3 plus a so. So 12 points of cold damage. And as it does so, it's going to just bite down at the shadow in anger. That's going to hit. I already know. I rolled way high. And as it does so, it's going to deal, oh, God, 32 points of damage Mm. to the shadow spawn. 
Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know if it's dead, but 32. Uh, it's hurt bad. All right. Very bad. The the T-Rex just takes its giant chunk into the shadow spawn. And as it bites down onto it, it needs to make me a grapple save. So is uh, is the shadow spawn considered small or medium? I think it's considered small. Okay. If that's if that's the case, then it is now grappled inside of the T-Rex's mouth. It would have to make an escape saving throw for it to leave. No, it, I'm sorry. It's it's a medium, medium monstrosity. Medium. Okay. Well, it's still considered grappled then. Okay. All right. So, Sam, it's now your turn. The T-Rex, you can see the T-Rex has the shadow spawn in its mouth. It's shaking its mouth violently as trying to kill whatever's in its mouth. Uh, you can see that the T-Rex is preoccupied at this time. What are you doing? All right. Wow. So... <laughs> So the T-Rex is within five feet of your large shadow. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a take a shot at the uh, the the T-Rex with advantage. All right. Oh, no, so no. you got an eleven. Unfortunately, eleven's not going to hit the T-Rex. Okay. Then I'm going to use my movement and kind of make sure that well, kind of look around, see everybody's uh, ready to move. See, Eska's all the way over here. I'm going to go ahead and move here. All right. And then I'm going to take my bonus action to see if I can go stealth again. Plus one, 11. Okay. So in 11, you do your best to stay stealthy. You're not sure if it notices you just yet. Uh, You won't know until it's its turn, but you think you're somewhat stealth. (laughs) Kai, it's now your turn. Hiding in a bush with my foot sticking out. (laughs) Kai is also going to move. How far can I go? I'm going to do another ensnaring strike and I'm just going to shoot my longbow and hope for the best. Hey, here right. we go. So you are able to hit it with 20, uh, 21 will hit it for five piercing damage. And the ensnaring strike, I have to make a strength saving throw, correct? Oh, God. I <laughs> rolled 15 plus whatever its strength is, I'm assuming. Which is massive. That's gonna, gonna yeah, down. it's going to be too strong for you to hold it down. Your ensnaring strike is not, not able to hold this enormous beast down but you do five damage <laughs> and i'm gonna shoot again <laughs> or you can run away <laughs> no i already moved to get over here all right uh 14 will hit oh, okay. for seven piercing damage so you're able to do a total of 13 damage or 12 damage and it's still up you just see two arrows sticking out of this thing it's leg and it's still chomping down on the shadow spawn yalar it is now your turn Wait, Luna. Oh, I'm sorry, Luna. What's Luna doing? Luna's dipping, bro. <laughs> Luna's like, fuck this shit. Luna's going to Eska. All right. Luna has a new master, the one that's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Yalar, you see your shadow spawn. It's preoccupied with your shadow spawn, giving you the perfect opportunity uh, to retreat. But what are you doing? Yalar's mad now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, oh no. Jesus. <laughs> oh, no. no. Bog. Oh, bog. <laughs> and uh, with that, I know this is going to uh, oh, break my concentration with that, but I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast at it. Uh, Eldritch Blast won't, won't break your concentration. It won't. Only it won't. another concentration spell will break your concentration. Yes, correct. Okay, okay. So, so you shoot Eldritch Blast at it? Yes. Okay. For 18, nice. that will hit. For 10 damage, 
I'm pretty sure at level five, you have two Eldritch Blasts, don't you? Oh, yeah, I think I do. All right, so you can attack again if you want. Because you have two uh, Yeah. That 25 Damn! for another 10. So a t- total of 20 damage you shoot out towards this T-Rex. And it just roars out in pain. Your shadow spawn, all it can do is attempt to uh, escape the clutches of the jaws, the T-Rex. And it has to make a either uh, a strength, an athletics, or a acrobatics check to try and break free from the T-Rex's grapple. If it wants to break out, that is. Maybe it's just a masochist enjoys being inside. No, it's going to try to escape. Then make me a strength or acrobatics saving throw. A strength. So I'll be plus one to that. Or, I mean, acrobatics is... Dexterity based. Dex, actually, I try to do acro- acrobatics. Okay. So that's plus so three. Ahead, so go ahead and roll your d20 plus your three. So 18. For 18, your shadow spawn, it's attempting to break free, and it's able to slip out between some of the fangs or teeth of this T-Rex. And as it slips out, it drops to the ground, but it's really hurt still. But it's able to break okay. free from the grapple. Can it still attack? No, that's its action no. to break free. Okay, all right. So it is now Eska's turn, and she notices Yalar. Or Yalar, you can still move. Are you trying to move? Are you- yeah, I'll move. Okay. I'll move. I just want to warn you, because, I mean, <laughs> don't, don't. Yeah, I'll move. I'll so- probably move about 30 feet, but I want to make sure I'm still within 90 feet. Oh, easy. Easy. Okay, easy, yeah. yeah. I'll move the maximum all right, so you are you retreat, but you stay within feet, uh, 90 feet of your shadow spawn. At this point, uh, Eska is going to take her opportunity. She has 120 feet on her firebolt, and she shoots two more firebolts at this Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh, both, unfortunately, are not oh, able no. to hit. Uh, but she's going to say, uh, you know, let's not waste any more time. We, we should not be fighting this thing. Uh, we're, we're creating such a commotion here. If there's any soldiers after us, they're definitely going to hear us. So let's get the hell out of here as fast as possible. And she's going to retreat towards the edge into the forest behind you all. And she rushes into the forest, basically covering herself into uh, some some brush. And she is now hidden from the T-Rex. Eckert, it is now your turn. You see everyone's retreating. What are you doing? Eckert is doing his best to make this thing's travel behind us as difficult as possible. Um, he is going to cast uh, Cure Wounds on himself. He will do so as his last second level spell, and he is going to heal himself for 2d8 plus his four plus his Disciple of Life benefit, which helps him to regain two plus the spell's level in addition to his health. So this is being cast at second level, so it'll be four additional, so a total of plus eight to this heal. All right. Oh, God, I rolled low. So 10 hit points to himself. And additional hit points. You can still move. Um, on the and wrong thing here. And make a bonus action if you need to. He is going to move. And when he moves there, he is going to have his magical weapon, his bonus action. Ryan, can you take it and move it right here? Yes, I can. So the magical weapon, spiritual weapon, goes basically to the opposite side. Yep, it has to be of, within 60 feet of me. Right, to the opposite yep. side of the T-Rex. And, and it is going to swing on him. All right, so the... Spiritual weapon floats to the opposite side of the T-Rex, closer to Eckerd, and it makes a swing for 18. That will hit for 11 force damage. The spiritual weapon cuts into the leg of the T-Rex, drawing some blood, and the T-Rex just roars out in anger and pain. It is now the T-Rex's turn, and 
as the T-Rex growls at the shadow spawn, it does not know it's any different than any of the other party members. It thinks it's just another humanoid person. It's going to chomp down again at the shadow spawn. And as it does so, you see that this T-Rex moves down to attempt to bite. And I rolled an 18 total. Does that hit the shadow spawn? Yeah. 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 All right. So the T-Rex grabs onto the shadow spawn as it breaks free. And you see it pulls it back up as it did with the land shark. And it throws it into the air and snatches it amongst its fans. It begins to shake its head violently yet again. And I am going to roll for damage. So that is going to be... Night, night. (laughs) It's gone. (laughs) That's going to be a total of 39 points of damage. Oh, it's gone. (laughs) Eviscerated. I'm gone. Oh, no. And as it shakes the shadowy spawn in its mouth, it's basically attempting to to snap its neck. And you see the shadow spawn as it takes all the damage. It slowly begins to disintegrate and it vanishes in thin air. And the T-Rex just roars out in anger. And I need you all to make me uh, perception checks. Dude, I haven't rolled a good Ooh. perception check this whole time. Sam with a uh, one, Kai with an eight, Yalar with a critical 22 max. And what does Eckerd get? 11. 11. Okay, I see it. 11 for Eckerd. So Eckerd and Yalar definitely hears this. Eckerd and Yalar are the only two in the party that, that hear this coming. And what you all hear is something moving towards the scene that sounds massive as well. And as it's moving towards the T-Rex, it just roars out and it looks back to the uh, to the east where you all were coming from because you're heading west. And you see the T-Rex turns around. It begins to run away from the party huh. towards the northwest. The sound is coming from the east. And as the T-Rex begins to make its way from the battle scene after killing the Shadow Spawn, it seems to be somewhat frightened by what might be coming your way. Sam, it is now your turn. Uh, You see the T-Rex. It's charging the opposite direction of where you all are headed. There's always a bigger fish. I'm not sure I want to encounter any bigger fish than what we just (laughs) uh, experienced there. So let us continue to head this direction towards es- well, Eska's gone already. So well, she's she's close that you you can see her, but she's hot, hidden behind some trees. She's kind of waving towards the party. She's not leaving you guys. All right. Yeah. Um, now, what would I have to do in order to make a sprint action but grab people along the way? <laughs> well, you if you you'd have to do your action to double your movement for a dash. You won't be able to grab anyone. You can still run 30 feet or whatever your movement speed is normally and try and pick someone up. Uh, just remember, if you pick someone up, though, that will reduce your movement speed by a bit. Even if I have, uh, I, I act as a, uh, a size larger. Oh, if that's the case, it won't be as bad of a movement speed for you then. So you could probably pick up like Luna or Kai or something and like book it. What about Eckerd? Is he close enough that I'd be able to pick him up? And yeah, you I'm, could, you could. I am pretty heavy, just as an FYI. Well, I'm I'm a larger. Or I when I I lift or anything like that, because you're you seem to be. I don't want to like insult you, but you seem to be the slowest one of all of us. <laughs> oh, just 100%. Because, yeah, just because of the fact that you're running around in fucking plate mail. Um, so I just cut kind of like look over at you and say, uh, "Time to go, big fella." 
and I want to, would that be a, what would that call, uh, athletics maybe? Yeah, make an athletics check. Oh, Jesus. All right, what do you have? 13, 13 and athletics. All right, so you have a, a 13 athletics. What's your strength? Um, uh, my... I, I can see it from here. You have a strength modifier of four. Okay, so uh, as you go to Eckert, I can say you're able to pick him up if he allows you to. Yeah, I'll allow you to. Yeah. If you're feeling up to it. Uh, I mean, it's, but, it's, it's time to go because I don't yes. like what the rumbling is. <laughs> So you're, you're able to pick Eckert up. You're not able to move your full your full distance. We'll say you can move up to 20 feet. Okay, so 20 feet from here, right here. All right, so you grab Eckert, and you're able to, to book it as fast as possible. And then I kind of holler back at the same time. I got Eckert kind of picked up, and I say we should, we should all move very quickly. It is now Kai's turn. What is Kai doing? Kai dipping. <laughs> Kai dipping. <laughs> Kai out. Hi, okay. going right next to Sam, I guess. That's as far as I can go. Like I said, Luna's got a new master. So as Kai is running off and Luna is running off as well, uh, you see Yalar. What are you doing, Yalar? Are you making a run for it? Yeah, but before he does, <laughs> he's going to create a bonfire under the feet of the T-Rex. <laughs> because he hurt Bog. <laughs> Jesus. So it's got to make a. Uh, is it a deck saving throw? Dex, yeah, deck saving. Oh, I, I, I fucking failed. There's no way. All right. So I'm going to. I'm at fifth level. So it's, it's going to take 2d8 fire damage. Okay. And I'll explain what happens after you make your movement. So for six damage, you create this bonfire under the T Rex. For six damage, it barely feels it. It's, it seems to be frightened and it's, it's still make its, making its way. Away from uh, and I'm going to move my maximum 30 feet. Okay. All right. So as you're making your movement away, the party, you're now towards the edge of the uh, field that you were standing in, closer to the forest that's further behind you into more trees. And as Yalar turns around, Yalar, you feel the ground beneath you shake violently. And to the east of where you were all coming from, Another large or huge creature makes its way into the field. I'm just going to use the the same token I used for the roper. Don't mind me. It's not the roper. But uh, another... Oh, no. Another roper. No, (laughs) no. Another creature comes charging from the trees towards this T-Rex. And what you all see before you charging at the T-Rex is a huge monstrosity. It looks like this overgrown, massive centipede. It's called a remoraz, remoraz, or however you pronounce it. It's a blue-like centipede with several legs and fangs, two large antennae, and spikes that go along its spine that are all burning with flame. And it hisses out at the T-Rex. And the remoraz, it just charges out into the field towards the T-Rex as the T-Rex is rushing from the scene at this point eska she sees this massive centipede charging at the t-rex and you all can tell this t-rex is frightened by this thing and it's just charging dead on at the t-rex and you see it makes this jump at the t-rex and it begins to wrap its body around it as it begins to attack this t-rex from all around fire burning from its back and all the legs grabbing onto this t-rex as much as it can 
and you just see this predator attack. You all make a history check, and I'll let you know if you know what the Remoraz is. Does it look friendly? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> no. Incredibly friendly. Why don't we say hi? Well, Here, uh, that's what the T-Rex gets for killing uh, killing Bob. There's, the, there's a link to what it looks like in chat. I know. I know. I've seen it. Okay. So uh, Kyle with a 16, uh, Eckerd with a 15, Yalar with a 22, and Sam with a 7. Sam is the only one here that does not know what this kind of creature is. The rest of you have a quite an understanding of what kind of creature this is. So you know that this is a very, very violent and deadly predator that most people with a head on their shoulders and a brain in their head would avoid at all costs. So Sam has a very, very, I mean, I'm not a little guy, you know, but he has a very uh, scared look on his face. And he just sticks out his arms as a, as I mean, Eckerd's still up on his shoulders, you know, he just sticks out of his arms and says, what the fuck is that? I am tired of whatever these big monstrosities are. I am ready to get out of these goddamn wildlands. Welcome to the Atoni hunting grounds, friend. It's time for us to get out of here as well. Yes, yes, yes. Let's go. Yes, if you're carrying me, move a little faster, please. <laughs> so at this point, I'll, I'll go ahead and say the, the, the full party is able to escape the scene. The Remoraz does not really notice you're there. It's You're all small fry. It's, it's eyeing this T-Rex. It's more of a, a target for it as the T-Rex has much more meat. And the Remoraz knows that it's somewhat weakened after this battle, but it's going straight for the T-Rex. And then the two begin to fight as the party rushes off into the distance. And as you continue rushing away into the, into the woods or the tree brush, you feel you can hear the roaring of the T-Rex in the distance. And all of a sudden, after a few seconds, silence. And Ooh. you are now left alone amongst one another and Eska's breathing. She's panting heavily. You're all, you all have been running for a, you know, a good minute or two now. And she's just like, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. How close are we to this, this nation of Zogun? And uh, Eckerd, you would know that you're fairly close. You're close to the Falgar River. You just have to pass that river to get to Zogun, probably another day or so away. Let's just get over this river. Uh, maybe a day. Let's try to find some cover so that we can rest for the evening. So with that, then you guys continue traveling at this point. And as you make way, I'm assuming at, at a somewhat more of a haste than you previously were, I'm assuming you continue your travels westward and you eventually, after another hour or so, you're able to get through the tree line and you come to another field. And you see this building off in the distance. And it's probably about a couple hundred feet away. It looks like a large like cabin of some kind. It's made out of wood. You don't know exactly what it is. But there is a building far to where you are. Uh, Eckerd and Sam, possibly Kai, make me some history checks if you would know what this building might be. Uh, not one I'm familiar with. All right. So Sam and Kai, you rolled decently well. Eckerd of three. Sam and Kai with a 15. Sam, I'll give you an advantage on this, especially since you've traveled from the Strider Valley to Estelle Duin. Uh, this might be something you've heard of before. Yeah. And Kai, you also know as well. You know that near the Falgar River, 
there is a tavern that many travelers or soldiers from Zogun will stop at as a resting point. And it's a place that is fairly safe and magically protected from any beasts from the Atoni hunting grounds, as there are plenty of traps and methods of keeping large beasts away to keep it hidden. But you know, it's a tavern that many people will stop at to rest. Many adventurers and whatnot will stop here. And you do know that many of the soldiers from Zogun, when they travel into the Tony hunting grounds to, to train themselves, this is a place they will occasionally stop at for rest during their travels. So the two of you would know that. But uh, Eckerd, you're not sure exactly what this, this building is. You've never exactly come across this particular path, I would say. I've never seen this in my life. Thank goodness we found some respite. Finally, sanctuary from this God-forbidden plane. <laughs> uh, so do you all make a rush for this this tavern of some kind? Uh, yes, if it's okay. some, oh, like yeah. a tavern. Yeah, it's like a tavern inn kind of thing. If, so we, if we know it's safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, would, you, would, you would know with your role, with your history check. It's a fairly common stopping ground for adventures that are coming from Zogun into the Kurumo Plains and the Darkfin Marshes. A lot of the goblinoids will stop by at this tavern to rest up. So you know it's, it's fairly traveled, well-traveled. It's, it's rare for people to come here too often, but it is a nice area, a nice tavern to stop in. So I revealed a map to the right of the field. It is the tavern. As the party nears the tavern, there are several stones in place all around the tavern with rooms that uh, emit some kind of magic field of some kind that prevents beasts and monstrosities from sensing this particular area by their senses anyways. So it's kind of the smells and the and vision kind of keeps itself fairly hidden due to the magics that have been placed on these runes all around the tavern. But as you come up to the tavern, you don't see any horses or anything like that nearby, but there is a pathway leading from the tavern to the West towards the Falagar river. There's a shack outside with some stables, but there's currently aren't there currently aren't any animals out at the stables. It seems like no one has made a stop here. You're the currently the only ones making a stop from the looks of it that you know of. Uh, do you all enter this tavern? Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. already getting at a table. <laughs> yes. At this point, uh, I mean, I'm being carried, so yes. <laughs> well, I would say, uh, before we go in, can I do a perception check to see, like, maybe if it looks like it's not been like this tavern hasn't been traveled in a while. Yeah. Go, you can either make a perception or, or that more of an investigation, really uh, do uh, investigation for yeah, sure. I'll do that as well. All right. So Casper, uh, you got a 14 on your investigation. So Dude, you're kind all of, of my around. savings or skills are doing bad today. <laughs> and uh looks like uh, Eckerd, you're attempting as well with a nine. Kai, uh, are you doing an investigation check? You said I did a perception. Okay, Eckert, you're kind of investigating. Uh, I would say Sam, you know, he, he puts you down for a moment uh, now that you're much <laughs> safer um, and you're kind of looking around. You don't really notice anything off Eckert. You just have a feeling that no one's here based off there not being any, any animals or horses or anything out. You don't really hear sound or talking coming from the tavern from inside. It's still, it's still daylight, late afternoon at this point. The sun's still out. Uh, you can't see anyone inside from the windows, but the doors look open. You'd have to step in to see anything more. Kyle, with a perception of 10, you're looking around. You don't really see anything that's off 
other than it looks lonely here. Nothing really catches your attention with the 10. Oh, lovely. Sam, with your investigation of 14, you're looking around. You're like, okay, looking at the tracks, the path that leads from the tavern to the west towards the Falgar River. You're looking down at that path. You don't see any horse tracks or anything that would have made any footprints or anything like that. Seems like the road, the dirt path has been fairly cleaned off. So your assumption is no one has come from the path side anyways. And you're looking around the outside. What about the path leading up to the steps of the the actual tavern? You see there's some scruff marks in the dirt as if there was someone walking around. You don't really see footprints, but there's some scuffling around that shows someone possibly walked into the tavern not that long ago. But it's just you just you don't know how long it's been. Uh, You do notice, though, that there's some lights, torches lit inside the tavern. Uh, Maybe it's a fireplace of some kind. You don't notice anything too off, really. So I would just say that like Sam kind of after his investigation, he kind of just says to the to the crew, like, this seems a little weird for a place that I've been before was very lively. And this place seems a pretty desolate at this point. All right. So uh, since you uh, do know about this place and uh, Sam has been here, we'll go ahead and say, Sam, the last time you're here, it's been a while. But what you remember from this tavern you, it, it's ran by an orc, a full orc, not a half orc, but a full orc from the Darkfen Marshes, fairly older orc who has made this his home. And he has basically made it a place of safety for travelers and, and the like. And he gets supplied by the goblinoids from Zogun to keep this place running as the goblinoids that come from Zogun are, are all, for the most part, good in their alignments. And, and they, have, they basically have a deal with him as this is like a stopping point to treat their soldiers that are making travel into this area. So the, the old orc here, you would remember, would run it. And uh, since you rolled a decent, I'll, I'll tell you the orc's name is Oguk. Oguk? Yeah, so you know the old orc is named Oguk. You know that much. Now, do I have any... Okay, so now, uh, now that I know that I've been here before, and I also speak goblin... Do I have any knowledge of any of his suppliers oh, or anything? You, you speak Goblin. I do. That makes fucking perfect sense because you come from Strider Valley and you've traveled Zogun before. Uh, as you know, the nation of Zogun is run by Goblinoids. So uh, you definitely know that basically Oguk has ties to the stronghold, Laroque stronghold, which is basically the leader of Zogun himself sits on a throne in Laroque stronghold. And Oguk is actually uh, someone that has close ties to the Laroque stronghold, which is where much of his dealings goes into when it goes to Zogun. Uh, Oguk is a very well-cherished and respected orc that the goblinoids of Zogun know because he treats all the travelers that come by as well as all the goblinoids that come through as well. So they definitely like Oguk. Oh, gook. Yes. Oh, All right. So are you all entering the tavern at this point then? Yeah. All right. Perfect. And with that, we'll go ahead and end this episode of Taverns and Caverns Side Stories. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Taverns and Caverns. Before we go, you can follow me on Twitter at HaphazardDM. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jake Life. You can find me on Twitter at JKLife. You can also find me on Instagram at the same. Yeah, I'm Rod, also Rodimus. 
I mean, I guess I'll go ahead and plug my uh, social media. Maybe it uh, might encourage me to actually use it more. You can follow me on Instagram at uh, Rodimus83 and on Twitter at Rodimus7901. And I'm Patrick. Thank you, Hap, again for having us and inviting us to this. And you can find me on Twitch at Casper, spelled with a K, uh, the Wicked, W-I-K-I-D. And you can also find me on Twitter and the same thing. I'm Mark. Thank you, Hap, for letting me experience my first time on D&D. I actually quite enjoyed myself, even though I was quiet for the most part. But, uh, <laughs> I have nothing to plug in social media wise. All right, cool. Well, no problem. That's okay. But those are all of our players. You can find them all, the Twitter or Instagram handles that they've mentioned. And again, you can find Taverns and Caverns at tavernscaverns.com or tavernscaverns on Twitter. Thank you so much, everyone. And you all have a wonderful day or night.